Welcome to the Influent Podcast, developing leadership, building success, and influencing society. For more resources, visit us online at influent.life. Hi, welcome back. This is Kelly Jenowick with Influent Live. And we have got a great show ahead. But before we go into our show, we really want to honor today is the National Day of Prayer. Uh, Once a day, once a year, um, the world celebrates the National Day of Prayer, and that's today. And so before we dive into our topic, we really want to honor that prayer moves mountains, that the sound of your voice before heaven changes history. James 5.16 says that the prayers of the righteous availeth much, and that you in your voice with heaven can open and close heaven, that you have the power to bind and to loose in the heavens and on the earth, um, and it truly changes history. So we really want to bless you that the things that are burning on your heart are important to God's heart, and as you lift your voice, God moves at the sound of your voice. So today, I really would like to open our show with a verse out of 1 Timothy 4.12, where it says, Don't let anyone look down on you if you are young, but set an example for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And I couldn't think of a better example than our guest today. His name is Sam Riddle. He is a 15-year-old reformer who some say could be the next president. So... (laughs) Sam, welcome to the show. Hi, Kelly. High Thanks for five. having me. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Kelly. We know we've had your dad on the show, and we love your mom, but we're really excited about your life and just to talk to you about how you're a reformer at such a young age. You're one who's passionate about politics, about things in the government, about making policy, about church history. It's been so much fun to get to know you. Thanks, Kelly. Yeah, so... You know, Influent is very passionate about interviewing reformers on every level of the mountains of life, whether it be business or entertainment, whatever age. So we thought it'd be fun today. Even though Sam is 15, he really is changing his world around him. So Sam, hello, hello. (laughs) Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are before you are passionate about so many topics, um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, Kelly. Well, um, I was—I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. Um, I didn't live there very long. I mean, five years. I—I I barely remember it. Um, mm-hmm. Then my family moved to Cincinnati to to start their own church and to go into urban ministry. And during that phase of my life, um, I didn't have a whole lot of friends, so I developed this loner kind of. Uh, this loner kind of mentality, and mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time by myself. Uh, that's where my most of my mental capacity comes from. I spend a lot of time like reading books, uh, doing things for Dad's ministry, and you know, being a kid most of the time. Right. Yeah, and then so, and then recently I moved to Kansas City to be part of a church plant, mm. and that's been really good for me. Um, it's uh, it's developed my social. My, the social part of me, and, re- and it's only and it's been recently that I've really been getting my political mind and my reformer mind in general. I love it. So during your time when you were, you said you did a lot of reading. What were some of the books that really excited you or spoke to you? 
Well, um, I read a lot about church history. Uh, one of those biggest, one of the biggest books for that would have been uh, Church History in Plain Language by Bruce Shelley. He, it was a really good book, and I read it when I was like 11, and I, I still understood it. It was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of funny, and uh, and like, and then I read a lot of history books for the most part. Um, I mean, I was 13, so I didn't read anything really big, but mm. it was like I read a lot of. Uh, cool books, and I even helped Dad with an eschatology class that he did. That's wonderful. So I love, when we were talking earlier, you were you really laid out for me a lot of church history and your passion for revival. Mm -hmm. And so you want to talk to us about some of the highlights of um, church history that have kind of grabbed you that you feel are significant for today? Yeah, um, I think Obviously, the most significant part of church history would be the Reformation. You have the beginning of the Protestant movement by Martin Luther, and you, you get basically you get Christians as we know them today. You mm -hmm. have like you have people reading their own reading the Bible for themselves. You have people uh, they're praying for themselves, and you get the divergence out of the Catholic movement. Um, that's certainly most important. Some other parts in church history have that have grabbed me are the Chinese house churches and just how they managed to stay alive and remain com committed to Christ despite all their persecution. And yeah, and obviously a lot of church history, uh, especially early church history, is a lot of just like uh, people going around and performing miracles and like in Jesus's name and just preaching the gospels. And it's, it's, it's really cool. Wow, that's amazing. You're a church historian already at 15 years old. <laughs> yeah, I was better when I was younger. <laughs> so what would you say, with all of your studies in church history, when you look at then and you look at today, what do you feel that we as a church could learn f from church history? Yeah, that's, that's a good question, Kelly. Um, I think that what we could learn, um, basically our church worldview is getting destroyed. Mm. Um, you, ha you have like, a good example for us should be the Puritans when mm. they moved to America in the 17th century. Mm. They, um, they have the church in, uh, involved in the government and the, it set the uh, tone for a, lot, for a lot of laws and what they did. Mm. I, I think that uh, ma mainly for churches today, we need to see that uh, we need to get involved in politics a lot. Like I know, I know that a lot of pa uh, pastors are really afraid to embrace the, the political side of Christianity. And I think that, because uh, if we don't do something about it, no one's going to do something mm. about uh, pagan worldview taking over America because we're the light of the world. That right on, right on. <clears throat> so, as you studied the Puritans, and I know you have a, some background getting into government and policy, you're kind of getting into that now, but why don't you yeah. expand about that? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background with politics? Yeah, um, so it started when I was younger. Uh, my dad took me to DC when I was like 12 or so. Um, that was basically the kickstart. Uh, I took a tour of the US Capitol, which was really cool. I took a tour of the National Archives and saw the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, which was really amazing. I mean, when I was 12, it was like, it's really, it was really meaningful. Mm. And then... How did that speak to you? Um, I think it spoke to me in the fact that it's kind of like, our country's important. It's, yeah. it's a lot of like, foundational basics, you know. 
Right. The and structures that hold our country together. The yeah, like freedom, equality, mm -hmm. you know, like that kind of stuff. So that's that was the beginning of your passion that's, where God began yeah. to light a fire in you. That was the beginning. Yes. And then my dad began to take me to a lot of uh, political meetings of like, so he was involved with something called the Ohio Christian Alliance, which was like Christians trying to change Ohio for the better. You know? mm -hmm. um, and so they would have meetings and they would have like events where they would uh, they would just do political things. They would talk about issues. They would uh, try to do something about issues. They'd raise awareness, raise money, things like that. And so as like so when I was like 12, what that meant for me, it was just like at first it was just fun to hang out with dad, obviously, mm -hmm. and then just to go somewhere cool. But then I got to meet a lot of cool people. I got to meet uh, Bill Federer. I met Marco Rubio. I. Um, got to hear our uh, the Ohio Auditor of State and uh, a former congressman, Bill Goodman, and yeah, it was just, that's, that's that was my background of po uh, politics in Ohio. Um, recently... Let's back up a second. So when you met Marco Rubio and some of these really powerful thought leaders, and they're revolutionaries in their own way, where they're paving yeah. a way for Christians in the political world. Mm -hmm. That really spoke to you, right? Yeah. I know as we were talking, you were really sharing how you want to see Christians get into politics, right? Yeah. Yeah, completely. It's, I mean, Christians in politics, that's what's going to change the nation for the most part. Like, obviously, we need a change in worldview in order to change this nation, but, like, Christians in politics, that's the, probably the first step, I would say, because... Mm -hmm. It's probably the most direct way right, right. to get anything changed. So you were talking earlier, you know, Influent, we've talked a lot about discipling the system. Mm -hmm. And so I really love how you already caught that drift. As a 15-year-old, you're already saying, hey, let's, we have a lot of passionate Christians, and we have a lot of passionate policymakers, but you're talking about let's bring people together who can change policy for the good for Christians to be able for education, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, like, pol I mean, like, you can change the worldview of one person, but changing the worldview of a whole lot of people is really dif difficult. Mm. And, and people have tried tried patching up the system, patching up the public school system, and it hasn't worked. Mm. So the best, one of the best ways in order to get the, uh, to make, uh, to make America great again, to quote the phrase, <laughs> is to, uh, is for Christians to get involved in government because then they can change, they can reverse the pagan worldview that we've been going into and make it a Christian worldview again, like we've had two hundred years ago. Right. So sh Christians shouldn't be scared to run to the top of that mountain and no. make a difference, right? No. I mean, the devil will fight back at them. I mean, right. they'll, 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 he'll hit them with stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think well, we have a force more powerful than the devil has. It's just like, yeah. Right. Greater is God in us than he is in the world, yes. right? Yeah, He's, you know, he can make all things possible. And I think that if Christians just had the gut to do it for themselves, I mean, we could make it happen because ultimately we're God's agents. We have to do what he wants us to do. Right. And God's not going to do otherwise, it by himself. Otherwise it won't get done. Right. I mean, yeah. And that's why we vote for you for f future president. <laughs> yeah, if I run for president. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, it'll, it'll be on my plate. It'll be on my plate. Mm. <laughs> Very good. So, you know, you're very passionate about revival. When we were chatting, you know, about church history and politics, do you yeah. want to, you know, you studied some of God's generals, that yeah. book. And so why don't you talk to us a little bit about revival and some of your studies in, you know, revival history? 
Um, yeah. Uh, I think, like, as, as, like, for right now, Revival could help. I mean, like, completely. Like, if Revival's going to happen, it'd be like, bam, yeah, praise Jesus. Let's, let's make it happen. Uh, and it has happened before, and it's done really amazing things. We have the first Great Awakening. We have the second Great Awakening. Those are caused big trends in American American thinking and good trends in American thinking. And you have like lots of pre productivity following. And during those years, um, you have a lot of amazing people. Like some of my revival heroes would be like Billy Graham and John G. Lake, just because of their like like impact on like uh, Africa and America, you know, their, their big efforts to push back the pagan worldview. As the pagan worldview goes like this, they managed to make the pagan worldview go like this. Mm, very good. Mm -hmm. So they pushed back, in their generation, they mm -hmm. pushed back darkness mm -hmm. and they brought the light. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really cool. So, you know, when we're, when we're talking about you know, being in the system right now, your heart, it really aches for, you know, students your age who are kind of in that worldview that is pulling them in the wrong direction. Yeah. How would you encourage students your age on how they can be light in the world? Yeah, um, obviously for students my age, I think the most important thing, God's the most important thing, mm. ultimately. And for students my <laughs> age, the internet is a is real is a really big part of their lives. Internet, video games, all those kinds of things. I think those are big distractions from a good work ethic. Um, work. I mean, you're not going to get very far in life if you don't work hard. Like, right. I'm not going to become president if I don't work very hard. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go through college. I'm gonna go through grad school. I'm gonna like go through these really tough careers. I'm gonna campaign really hard. I'm gonna need to raise a lot of money. I'm gonna need to work through a lot of people. <laughs> you know, it's like it's. I mean, like so it's why we're developing a good work ethic, and I think that's one of the things that I failed to see in my my peers. Like. Like, I love my friends and all that, but I just, like, I just don't see, like, I, I, see, I could see a passion for God. I just don't see, like, a lot of work. I just see a lot of distraction by Internet and mm. things like that. And it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of upsetting. Right. So you're seeing how the Internet is sucking away your generation in mm -hmm. terms of sucking up their time, and they're not really working anymore. They don't yeah. have a work ethic. Yeah, I so mean, like, you have, like, kids doing chores and stuff like that, but they don't have a drive to work hard. Right. And I think that's, um, it's because of the worldview, you know, but I, and I think, and just, yeah. Mm. What do you think has given you your work ethic? Um, my parents, mostly. Yeah. I mean, like, they trained me right, so to speak, you know. Mm. It's like, when I was, like, when we were really young, we did chores. I was seven when I started doing dishes, and then, you know, it flipped back and forth between me and my brothers, but then, like, now I'm doing dishes still now. It's like, <laughs> we're still doing chores, and I have a drive to, like, so if people ask me to help with anything, I'll just, like, bam, yeah, mm. I'll, sure, I'll help you. Mm. It's, it's kind of like that. It's like, and that's just not something that I see. It's like when people ask my friends to help, it's kind of like, yeah, okay, like, like, I know some kids with good work ethics, <laughs> but it's like some some other times it's just like, yeah, okay, I'll help you. Then, like, they forget about it. Right, know? right. So. so you're really all about having an excellent spirit mm -hmm. by working hard now. Yeah. That's awesome. That's going to get you in the right direction for sure. I, I, I hope so. <laughs> so talk to me about the stock market. Oh, the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, the stock market is cool, you know. Like, I think it's a weakness for me in the fact that 
I'm a math guy. So okay. I, I like numbers and I like indicators. I like lines. I like all those things. Um, I think uh, the stock market is really cool because you see how business works and you get to you get a realization of how the business world works and how real world factors and people affect how those business works. So like you, you, you see like, so recently we have like Amazon and UPS and UPS loses the Amazon contract. So you know like uh, UPS's stock is like gradually going up you know and then like next day BAM and you go like oh I know why that happened because they lost their contract with Amazon and then so things like that. Uh, I think I look at it mostly from a technical analysis. I try to find out like patterns in like uh, stock trends like oh the stock's been going up for a long time now it's kind of going straight it's going to go down next or like oh volume's going up and price is going down so it's probably going to keep going down so it's, now it's a good time to sell it and things things like that um i haven't uh i have a fake account so i haven't uh <laughs> so it's nothing really cool you haven't made any money yet yeah okay not nothing real <laughs> i've made four thousand fake dollars but i kind of lost them <laughs> oh dear yeah. so you've learned already how it goes up and down yeah and i've Beginning to learn from my mistakes. <laughs> yeah. I'm right now. I'm trying to focus on making sure that money doesn't corrupt my worldview. That's awesome. That's definitely a major key to becoming an excellent leader in the days to come. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, we're looking at you're very well rounded for your age. I feel like I'm speaking to another 30 year old. So I think you've done really well at applying yourself and becoming all that God has created you to be. So for our viewers, what would you say to my generation, to the 30 and the 40 year olds? You know, you're so passionate about wanting to see the world transformed. You are your own reformer. Um, what would be some advice that you would give to us? Well, um, yeah, yeah, Kelly, that's that's kind that's a good question. I think <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm used to doing that. Um, I think that mostly I just want to see Christians get. I want to see adults get involved in politics. Like, if they really care about the next generation, then they're going to, uh, then they're going to do something about the way our, our society is going. Mm. You know, I think. Now, I, I. I grant it that it's really hard in order to do that. It's like, I mean, we're talking about like, you know, millions of dollars. You have to change millions of people's minds, and, and like hundreds of thousands of people have been like been trained in that way. So you have to untrain them that way, and they may be more or less willing, unwilling, to uh, be untrained that way. And it's just like, but I think like, not even seeing an effort is just kind of upsetting. Mm. Like, I see an effort in key people around me, like my parents and, like, influent and things like that. But right. it's just, like, not as, like, on a whole. I don't see, like, a movement. Absolutely. I thought you had a really great word about, you said, we need to be missionaries <laughs> to the political world. Oh, yeah. Like, so, like, many people, like, uh, many people are, like, driven to be min missionaries to, like, Indonesia, Africa, all those third world countries, or, you know, even, like, big countries like Japan and like that. But I think that uh, you could also become, like, a missionary to, uh, to the government. You, like, so when people become missionaries, they go to the country, they blend in a little bit, and they, then they start implementing their worldview among the, the people in that culture. Mm -hmm. And then, so, to get involved in government, you do kind of the same thing. You go to the government. You uh, become involved, like you get elected somewhere, and then you just start using your inf uh, influence to um, 
implement your worldview in the government. You, you know, like we tried past legislation and, you know, right. things like that. But don't you think, I know you're thinking about, you know, being president and governor <laughs> and big positions like yeah. that, but I think you're absolutely right that as Christians, we can get involved in even a very basic and a local level yeah. um, to help bring change to the policies that surround us on an everyday level that we need to be, we need to exert our energy <coughs> and our leadership and use our voice for the worldview that we value because if we don't, the other worldview yeah. will try to come in. Yeah, Kelly, um, that's, yeah, that's true. That's excellent. So, wow, this has been so much fun talking to you and chatting with you. Our time fun. flies when we're having fun. Yeah, I but, noticed. Um, <laughs> You know, I really believe in you, and that's why we, we wanted to bring you on, because you are a shining star in your generation, and we want to thank you for coming on, and um, why don't we close with just, why don't you look into the camera and just give a word of wisdom and love to your generation, and why don't, why don't you just say a prayer for everyone listening? Okay. Yeah, well, for kids watching this, probably not very many, I've told a few. <laughs> um, I think that most important part, most important thing to realize in your life is that your life is going to get harder. It's not going to get easier. I mean, like things may get easier to in in a respect, but you're when you're you're going to turn 18, you're going to realize, wow, uh, I didn't do anything with my life yet. I, I need I could go to college. I need to start working. I think like so. I I'd encourage you to start working hard. I'd encourage you to uh, put a lot of effort into school. I would uh, encourage you to. Uh, drop internet and video games and things like that and I just think that uh, yeah that's what I think so well, let's just pray really quickly um, mm -hmm. God we thank you for today Lord we uh, we thank you for the love that you've shown us in our culture Lord we just pray we just thank you that we're a blessed nation Lord and that we just pray that you would uh, help us to implement your will throughout our nation Lord we pray that uh, that kids around the, this country Lord would uh, uh, be stirred, Lord, that their hearts would be moved. Lord, we just pray that uh, they would uh, realize uh, their their need and their importance in society, Lord. We just ask that they would, uh, we just pray that uh, you would call up a generation of kids hungry for you, Lord, but hungry mm. to uh, change their nation and change the world, Lord. In Jesus' name, mm. amen. And Lord, we just thank you for Sam and what an example he is to our generation. Um, that he is taking the bull by the horns, that he is applying his life. And um, Lord, I pray that we would be ones who apply ourselves 100% um, to the kingdom of God and to becoming revolutionaries and reformers to the areas of influence that you've called us to. So I thank you for just a spirit of boldness upon your people today. God, I thank you for um, power from on high and um, the, the beauty of prayer to move mountains um, that we, with prayer and with our own action and energy, God, nothing uh, can stop us. So we pray that the Christian worldview, that the kingdom of God would go forth with power, signs, and wonders um, all throughout uh, every person's life today in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you for Sam and the inspiration that he is in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time.